This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast, the podcast that enjoys Scottish football about as much as Ovia Jaria does. This week on Heart and Hand, Rangers return to where we should be. So welcome to Heart and Hand Rangers Podcast, my name's David Edgar and I'm joined this week live and in living colour by none other than Mr James Forrest, no not that one. Hello David, nice to be here and to see you in person, a, a rare treat for me. Yes, make the most of it, it won't happen a lot. And joining us by, from a remote location by the power of technology is none other than Mr Cameron and James Bell. Uh, hello boys, hello, I've just uh, kind of realised that um, since the two of you are together and I'm on the phone, this is a kind of Batman, Robin, Commissioner Gordon type scenario. Yeah, we yeah, were using like the old red phone from the Bell Jar. Do you know what I mean? Are we saying, um, are we saying now that uh, James has stepped up into the Robin now that the previous Robin <laughs> has left? Well, he's no longer Catwoman. Let's put it like that. Yeah, um, I'll let I'll let you boys distinguish who's Batman and who's Robin. G G Willikers. Um, yeah, I think that yeah. that'll take a while, Cammy, to work out <laughs> who's Batman. Okay, folks. Now, obviously, since we were last here on on the main Heart and Hand shows, uh, we didn't because we were playing on Thursday. We didn't uh, have a Heart and Hand extra last week. So since we talked to most of the audience, although you can always hear us on Patreon, folks, and you can buy an annual subscription now. So uh, just be aware. But uh, since we were last talking, we exited Europe with a 1-0 defeat in Vienna. Uh, a strange old game in that I, I was very nervy, James, and Rangers and Vienna thought, I mean, we couldn't string two passes together for the majority of the match. Both, I think, were very nervous. I mean, they needed a point, we needed the win. Rangers, I think, intent was obviously, we went with the 4-1-4-1, was to keep it tight and try and nick the goal and get through that way. But in the end, uh, couldn't quite do it. Hit the bar, came close, but then we couldn't quite do it. And that led to a breakaway mistake from Rangers, a breakaway 1-0, that was it. And we're out of Europe. And the overriding feeling for me was pride that we'd got as far as we did. But I think you can have two feelings at the same time. And while I was very proud and we've massively overachieved and I certainly wasn't angry, I was a wee bit disappointed because I felt we could... Do it. We we could have beaten them, and we could have gone through. I mean, the game itself wasn't one for the purists. No. Um, so, from a neutral, if you're a neutral watching that game, you'd be thinking. Bruh. But do you know it was a, It was always going to come down to fine margins, and the finest of margins from our point of view was Goldson hitting the crossbar. That was our that was our best chance, and then Alan McGregor has been so so good for us the whole European campaign. You know, we wouldn't be in this position if it wasn't yeah. for him. We'd so have gone, as we'd that. have gone out in Maribor. Ah, hundred percent, hundred percent. He he was the reason why we got past them and got to where where we were because we always saw that as the the tough tie, mm-hmm. um, and you know his his by kicks not it's not great and they pick it up and and they get the goal and you know it's I think you're right to to say that we're we're allowed to have those contrasting feelings both 
in the over you, you're allowed to look at the kind of overall campaign at that point but also look at the game itself the game itself there's some frustration because rapid as much as we went great neither were rapid so no, they were there for us to take um and ultimately you know there's there's frustrations where you just need one or two guys to just step up be the guy to you know produce that and no one really did that the midfield seemed a bit off uh you know for a lot of the game but um you know overall the campaign has been absolutely wonderful and my feeling has always been europe for us this season has been for the fans to get to get us back it's it's a bonus and it's, it's for the fans to get those experiences for you know, fans who maybe hadn't had a chance to have an away trip in Europe yeah, before, yeah. you know, in the group stage, something that they can plan well in advance. You know, loads of people went out to Vienna Over to 12, support. Over 12,000. Incredible, isn't it? Name me, name me. before Christmas. Name me five other clubs in world no, football you, who would do that. You, you know, there's no, no chance, that. no chance. So, um, incredibly proud of the team to have got to where we've got to. And also we finished third in the group. You know, we were the, we were the bottom seeds mm-hmm. and we finished third in that group. And, the two teams who finished above us over the head-to-head record, we actually have a better head-to-head record as well. So, in a way, though, Cammy, that makes it a little bit more frustrating for me because, as James said, it wasn't the other night that we lost. It was one point from six against Spartak when we should absolutely nobody to blame but ourselves. Well, maybe the linesman with that ridiculous offside against Alfie, but. We absolutely should have taken a minimum of four from those two games. And I think maybe that's the frustration because you think it's not we went into a group and the teams were just much better than us and fair enough, there was not a lot we could do. It's just we were, you know, we could have done it. But we fell prey to that old Rangers thing of starting a group well, dipping in the middle and then blowing it at the end. I think you've, um, you've got to look at the entire European campaign in context. It's tough to do because we'll always look at you know, where we've been 12 months ago, 18 months ago, and the shitstorm that we were in at that time, and now all of a sudden we're sitting here going, oh, we should have qualified into the last stages European campaign. So, you know, are we, you know, getting ahead of ourselves? I think what you've seen in the last six, seven months from a European campaign is we're setting ourselves a benchmark. I said at the time, uh, when we started the group stage proper against Villarreal, for whatever reason, we seem to shit the bed. I maintain that we've still done that in matches um, within the European campaign where we've not started as confidently as we should have. I think that's probably cost us. Now, that sounds incredibly harsh because we didn't know what level we were at. So I think if if the the players, the management team and the club as a whole actually can, can reflect back on this, what we can say very confidently is that we deserve to be part of that. We, we were there on merit. We did well, we got some great performances, we got some great results. Um, so overall, you're going to feel very positive about the European campaign. Of course, we're disappointed not to progress. We were, you know, trying very hard to make that happen against Vienna. I think he got it right. I know it sounds daft because obviously we lost him and we out. There was no reason to go gung-ho with that because a goal would have killed us. So... I did enjoy the kind of slightly pragmatic approach to how he he went into the game to look to see if we can be able to try and sneak it. Um, The financial advantage uh, that obviously uh, qualifying to the next stages, you know, would have been fantastic. But in fairness, none of us expected the financial gain that we've had when, you know, we were neck deep in qualifiers. No. So um, we've definitely had a lot of, uh, of positives and benefits from it. And I think that by and large, and I will give a shout out to the fans because I don't know another club in the world that takes six times as many fans as you have tickets. Um, It's phenomenal. And from everything I've heard, I've had a great time, which is great. I've done it myself. Um, A lot of times it's for the trip. I do know that there's a lot of people going in. It was their first time away. What I can tell you is if they're in like me, as soon as you go, you you absolutely love it and you want to do it again. Um, So there's a benchmark now, which I believe that the club has set itself. Uh, and for that, we should be very proud. And I think, like you say, it's just it's a positive story for me. It's a, it's, it's a good news story overall. As Cammy says, it's a platform to build upon. Um, we did overachieve from our expectations, being Rangers. We're always going to be a bit disappointed that we didn't go that bit further. That's who we are. But it was still, I think, overall, as he says, a positive, although there were some disappointing moments. There were some great moments. And I think now... It, 
we can reflect. Although James, as you and I being sad Italian Serie A fanboys, then Rapid Vienna get drawn out the hat against Inter, and it's laugh. <laughs> but uh, but overall, now it's time to just put that behind us and get through the rest of this month and refocus and recharge the batteries, get some new players in in January and move on. Time to dominate Scotland again. We've had we've had our, our kind of European foray, which has been absolutely wonderful. Uh, and as much as as much as I said, you know, this time it was for the fans. That's it. You know, going forward, we should aim to be at that level at the very very least mm. uh, as well. So, you know, that that that's where we look to going forward in the future. But um, we've we've surpassed it. That. that was never in our minds as something we would we would look to have this season. So. You know, it's time. It's time to focus and you know start winning these games and start start producing performances again uh, in these in these domestic games because we know how oppositions like to play against us. So let's let's see what we can do to combat that and not look like we're struggling and try, almost walking through treacle to get results, which I think has been starting to kind of become a bit of a theme of late uh, in yeah. terms of our, our game I don't know whether that's down to fitness or whether that's down to a mentality issue because there's been bigger games that have been kind of on the horizon in, in Europe I think they look tired I think they look mentally yeah. tired and I know that when whenever you say that about footballers people quite rightly say well I do 12 hour shifts and they don't have to do that and it is correct but it still doesn't change the fact that players who play a lot of games in a short period of time they lose a bit of sharpness that is inevitable that is what happens to them I think you've seen that with Rangers the last few weeks because the thing that's went right downhill Cammy, has been decision making it, it, you know they're, they're still competing they're still doing the things you would expect a sportsman to do they have great levels of physical fitness but they're just not quite as sharp as they have been previously this season no they're not and I think um, it goes a bit Beyond that, for me, in terms of it's great experience for Gerard and his his management team as well to to have that different facet of football. You have to approach it differently. You know, cup football is cup football, but when you're dealing with you know a European stage, I I still think that the um, the the paradigm shifts dramatically. The, the other thing, just to kind of call out as well, is we we've done very well in this European campaign with with no serious injuries out the back of it. Um, I know, obviously, we've you know we've had the suspensions and whatever else as well. Um, at times, probably refereeing has emulated what it's been trying to do domestically. Um, but overall, I think that we've we went through that European campaign. I, I just I struggle to think really of any kind of real disadvantages. We, we've had a major learning point. Yes, the players it has taken a toll on them. I. I, I do believe that we've had some degree of domestic impact with that. I think we have. Um, I, I think it's, because yeah, I think it, it's been it's been difficult. It's been difficult to maintain that sharpness. Um, the European games, you know, especially when you're in those tight weeks, they're very thick and fast. Within the course of you know a fortnight, you could have played three games within that window. Um, you know, two domestically, one in Europe, etc. So I think within that, it's difficult to be able to maintain a run. Um, but again, I think the team have coped with it well, uh, and I think, as I say, we, we came out of it. Very, I, I think we came out of it with good marks, and I think if we had to promote ourselves back into a European stage to show, yes, this has been our journey and this is where we are now, I think that we will have surprised a lot of people with how well we performed across that across that piece, um, and I think the players and management have to be very proud of that. So we went into the match on Sunday against Hamilton Ackies at Ibrox and I think all fairly confident with no disrespect meant to Hamilton they're not a very good side though. league position tells you that performances tell you that it wasn't being disrespectful at all to suggest that and even if it was we're still Rangers and we should be eating fucking Hamilton Ackies at home and lovely day at Ibrox turned up and Rangers absolutely blitzed them James in the opening five minutes uh, we scored after three and as I've said in other places it had been coming Lafferty and we'll come to him Cammy. Lafferty misses a sitter from about a yard out and Rangers then immediately score uh, Daniel Kandias gets a goal and at that point mate I'm thinking here we go we're going to put this one to bed and we were dominant we just couldn't get the next goal and as happens when that happens we began to get a little bit tense now having sat and watched the game back this morning when I was in the ground yesterday maybe the tension of the last 20 minutes when I was going don't screw this up don't because obviously we know what happened with, with Celtic at Hibs that made it a bigger match for us and 
I was not alone in going, they're going to score one, aren't they? It's just, you know, it's just the, the scar tissue always happened to us the last few years. But Rangers did hold out. And then watching it back this morning with the advantage of knowing the result, Rangers did create a shitload of chances yesterday. People might be saying, oh, you know, no, we did Yes, we did. Rangers okay. should have scored three or four goals yesterday. Based on the chances they made, never mind the opportunities that they should have made, as we said earlier, through bad decision-making. But... Given the tenseness of the league campaign at the moment, if you don't get that cushion, there is going to be nerves among the fans. It's natural. Yes, definitely. Um, it was an incredible start to the game, actually. You know, it was really, really good because we hadn't maybe seen that level of that press, that real press, and really going at it right from the start. And as you say, all round and and having that dynamic of the two fullbacks who are able to bomb on and can deliver good crosses and are attack minded it gives you that extra dimension on the left hand side Barisic is huge in that regard yeah. isn't he massive massive um, and also his relationship with Gresta um, to ex-teammates um, you know at, at Osicek beforehand so they know each other's game and you could see that Gresta actually benefits from having a left back like Barisic behind him yeah. to then be able to to play the way he likes to and once he moved to the right I don't think we saw the same the same level of creativity from him uh, at that point afterward uh, I I thought you know the, the chance that Lafferty missed it's one of those I mean he he runs through on the goalkeeper in like the first minute is able to get the ball off the goalkeeper he did really well yeah. did really really good to, to do that but then just we couldn't quite get the get the goal then and then could quite get the goal then but then after three minutes Daniel Kinde is there with the with the opener and you're right I'm, I'm at that point expecting it to be 2 or 3 now after like 20 minutes and we were I, I, I thought by half time the game yeah. would be able to say oh, for, for sure for sure second half yeah I mean at, at the time I was a bit like we're not really we're not really creating enough but you look back on it I actually we did because we were trying to we were, there was a lot of crossing but just couldn't quite get there in the yeah, end up, exactly right. yeah. Cammy, uh, your boy. Now, watch the. I thought leaving the ground yesterday had a nightmare, but watching it back, he did do things well at times. Uh, but overall, I still can't say that I thought he played well. He did some some good things. He looks. I don't know. Is he trying too hard? Is he shit out of confidence? I mean, wh- what is it? Um. Yeah, he's trying too hard and he's shit out of confidence. The, 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 I'm good, me, aren't I? I'm, <laughs> well, you know. I mean, that's that's what it is. I mean, that's why you know people listen to this podcast. Yeah. yeah. Um, the issue with Lafferty is, I firmly believe if he scores the header at the back post, that he then goes on to get a hat trick. Um, what I will say for him. So listen, I'm I'm very happy to criticise him because. I you bastard! No, no, but see, the end of the day, right, David? Listen, I'll always be honest. We're always honest and heart in hand. So there's no point in me pretending otherwise. He is shit out of confidence, and he he does need to be able to take his chances. However, my outstanding love for Kyle Lafferty to one side, any any player on that team who has to get into that starting eleven has to be able to. Uh, Capitalising the opportunity they've been given, especially and, when he uh, is behind and, and, the most undroppable player in the team. But absolutely. So the thing is, he has to be able to 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 keep that going. Um, do I think that Lafferty has potentially spurred Morelos on to give him a bit more of a kind of emphasis? Very possibly, in terms of how much we've seen from Morelos from that perspective. Because I think that Alfie would not have wanted to see his position under threat. Um, I don't think he thinks it's under threat if he saw Lafferty yesterday. Anyway. But having said that, there's other work which he's trying to do. And what what you may remember, there was an incident yesterday where uh, Lafferty, you'll remember it from the tail end, where there's a there's a point in the second half where Lafferty's trying to sidefoot it into the net, and the Hamilton um, defender has got his arms around him and kind of twists his body slightly. I'm sure you guys will remember the one that I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> But that entire move came from Lafferty picking up the ball literally within 10 yards within the, within the, the Hamilton half. And what he's done is he's created it. He's motored, you know, as soon as he's released the ball, he's motored into that position where he then gets it back and creates the opportunity. And it's probably the, the, the Wayne Rooney syndrome of when you're seeing, you know, you're not scoring goals as a striker, which is expected of you. You start dropping further and further back. Um, that being said, and again, I'm not going to, you know, cutting the corners in terms of it, he uh, he wasn't doing a lot. The hold up play 
well, which is a kind of default staple of Kyle Lafferty if he's not scoring. At least he'll hold the ball up and progress it into other other parts of play. So there is a confidence thing there. There is definitely. I, I, I'm very, very honest in terms of I do think if he scores the header uh, at the start of the game, then he goes on to get a hat-trick. Um, I'm, I'm not taking anything away from the Hamilton goalkeeper from the same oh, the end, save, which, yeah, which the was world-class, yes, by the way. no idea how the boy got to that. It was like fucking Gordon no. Banks. <laughs> and the thing is, though, that in, in that space, and if you watch that, if you if you watch that again that week in a segment of play, even afterwards, Lafferty can't believe it. <laughs> um, he he starts to celebrate. He actually runs away, starting to celebrate. Then realizes that the keeper saved it, and then you know actually congratulates the goalkeeper. You know, as we're waiting for the ball to come in from the corner. Yeah. Um, so he is. He must be the you know the person and 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 Ibrox who cannot believe that the goalkeeper saved it to that degree because he he absolutely thought that's coming. So no, absolutely. You know, I do believe that he has got the opportunity to be able to come good for us. Um, we need to buy strikers in the January window. Um, if that puts Lafferty down the pecking order, then so be it. At the end of the day, we, we can't be that nervous with a 1-0 lead against Hamilton at home. I, I totally understand the tension in the stadium yesterday. I, you know, I was exactly it, the same. I mean, when it, I was it, it gripped everybody. I mean, James, we, we were all sitting... And it is, it's not... It wasn't because anyone was seen in the game. Because if you look at it, Hamilton make one half chance McGregor deals with easily. That's it. That's all they come up with. It's just given the amount of kicks in the balls that we've received recently that you're always thinking we know what happens here. We know this. That, this is there's a fatal. Yeah, this is this is the syndrome though of this. The, you know the, the the key second goal. And bizarre as it sounds, uh, you know the, the the Celtic result just put I think further pressure on us to be able to try and and get that result. And I think as you say, it's the it's the slapping the balls then the kicking the balls where you, you're expected to win and you want to win even more because Celtic have dropped points so there's that additional pressure put onto you as well so looking back on it knowing what the result is you're looking back going Jesus no idea why I was so nervous when you're watching it you're absolutely shitting bricks mm. because again you just don't want to fail to capitalise on that opportunity so James, I was impressed the last two matches with Ross McCrory, and I know there's a wee bit of blame attached to him for the goal in Vienna, but I, I still think overall he was excellent. And what I like about him is when he patrols that area, he wins the ball and he immediately gives it, but he gives it forward all the time. He's always looking to nip in, win the ball and give it forward. And there's a dynamism about him that I don't think we get from maybe some of our other midfielders. Yeah, he's he's a player who knows what his role is and is very comfortable in that role. You know, win the ball back from the opposition. First thought, who can I give it to that's going to advance the ball further? Because that's not my game, but I know guys who can do that. So let me see who's there. And he's got, you know, one once or twice there was a couple of stray passes uh, in there when he was trying to, to play it forward. It just went a bit ski whiff. But other than that, I thought, you know, he had a very, very good game. And he's, he's very natural for that role, for that holding midfield role. Probably the most natural actually in the in the squad. Thinking about it, you look at other guys that have played there over the course of the season. Koulibaly, maybe not quite at the level that we were maybe thought initially that we saw. He's he's kind of dipped away. Rossiter, um, I don't think we can necessarily at the moment rely on him purely from a fitness point of view. Ryan Jack, maybe his game is slightly different from that. So, you know, I, I, I certainly would like to see if we're going to play with a holder in a team for whatever game we feel is necessary for that. I think Ross McCrory would be, for me, the first choice for that for that role. I just think it's something different and it's something that we lack in there. But overall, Cammy, we didn't learn anything we didn't know already, which is that we lack creativity. We tend to stick to the same tactic at the moment which is get the ball wide buzz the cross in with 22 corners with God knows how many crosses into the box and we know we need to get to January by hook or by crook in a half decent position and then add a couple of players into that midfield area who can give us that wee bit extra that shot from distance that pass that little bit of inspiration that maybe a Graham Dorans could have done but unfortunately can't and we need someone who can come in and do things a little bit different in there. Yeah, it sounds slightly contradictory if you're saying we lack creativity, but we put in, I think, just over 2,000 corners. Mm. Um, the issue the issue is it's, it's adaptation. 
for me. That that would probably be the terminology I would use. And if we can get a midfielder who can provide something different to just being able to go down the flanks, and if there's no crosses, you know, or, you know, crosses not being converted, because there's plenty of them coming in. Again, it's another point in Lafayette, which I probably should have touched on, that for someone with his frame, how terrible he is in the air at times. That being said, obviously, I had two headers, which should have been goals. Yeah, they were um, bad headers. Yeah, no, absolutely. First one's a bad header. Second one's an excellent header, which was, you know, made by a phenomenal save. I think it's a phenomenal save. I think he missed times the jump. I think if you look at it, he's coming down when the ball arrives. Whereas if he timed the jump right, he'd have got over it, headed it down, and it would have been a goal. But anyway, I'm, I'm maybe being hard. Yeah, no, right, sorry. And, right. yeah, I know you just, you just hate Kyle Lafferty. I'm right. Um, uh-huh. um, but the point is that. You know, if we can have someone who can mix up in terms of a shot from distance, been able to try and play it through the middle of the park. So, again, when we've seen it before, if teams start to, to kind of condense, like Dundee did, for example, then what we're looking to be able to try and do is mix and match it slightly. But we do need someone who can strike balls from 25 to 30 yards out. Um, because, see, at the very least, even if Morelos is playing or we've got someone else who's quite nippy, what we can then do is if a keeper has to force a save, they can get the mop up. And I think that that's something which we need to be able to try and look at. And, and I'll be looking towards that in the, in the transfer window. For me, the, the, the priority is a striker. Absolutely, 110% a striker. Um, but coming back to the McCrory thing just very, very quickly, what's interesting, and, and you've kind of hit the nail on the head there as well, is we've got a number of different tools in that midfield box, to coin a really wanky management term, where we should be able to mix and match style, quality, current performance, you know, confidence levels based on the opposition and based on what we know each individual player can be able to try and give to us. Because um, Ryan Jack will run forever and a day, but he doesn't have the penetration that we've just mentioned there in terms of McCrory. McCrory, for me, and another plus point for him, has cut out, for me, some of the mistakes which probably saw him penalised last season. So he might have overran the ball, he might have made silly decisions, which has kind of cost him a red card. Um all of that, for me, looks like that's been coached out of his game. Um, so I'd absolutely be comfortable giving McCrory a run into the team. And, and what that would further emphasise is that once you're in the team, if you're playing well, you don't you don't get dropped. You know, whoever you're replacing, irrespective of age, seniority, anything like that, you have to play to get back in that team. And that, that's a healthy position to be in, you know. There's one less... Um, position and they're fighting for it now James and that's where the news that Ovia Jaria has returned to Liverpool sounds as though it was his own request um, and obviously the club's then uh, chatted to him, Stephen Gerrard today said does he understand it, yes, is he happy with it, no because he thought Ovia Jaria had a great opportunity here to play at a big club in front of 51,000 people but if he's not happy, doesn't want him about the place uh, now you don't know what's going on in somebody's personal life, so I don't think it's fair. He said, the the manager said it's a 100% football reasons. There are rumours, no more than that, but rumours that Ovejari said he found the Scottish League a little bit too physical. But I think it kind of ties into what we've seen with a few of the lone players who've come in, especially midfield with Zalalem and Heinemann spring to mind. That they, Sean Goss as well, last season. That they start off really well, they dip, um, and I think at the start it's the adrenaline of wow I'm here look how big this club is look at all these fans and they start well the adrenaline then they dip which is natural it can happen especially with the youngsters but then when that happens and they're in the for the first time really in their lives they're in the eye of this criticism that comes from being at a big club where fans are like I don't care play well this is who we are mm. and it's they can't handle it and that does make me think that long term I think if you look at all the kind of academy players that we've brought in so far, the only one you would say was a success has really been Ryan Kent. And I do wonder if, with Rangers, it's a good idea for certain clubs, but maybe not for a club of our size, because I, I just don't know. The pattern seems to repeat consistently with this. And I wonder if we wouldn't be better off maybe just going to our own youth team. Because there's also this thing in any job, if it's a temp job, and alone is, of course, essentially a temp job, you have an escape route if things get tough. Whereas if you're there and it's your only option, you you have to fit, you have to just get your head down and your arse up and get on with it. Whereas I do wonder with these players if there is a bit at the back of their mind that goes, I come out of here in three months anyway. 
I think, well, talking specifically about Ajaria, he looked like both in his playing style and sort of his demeanour kind of off the field as well, he seemed like overly overly relaxed but I think you know to an extent that can be quite a good trait but too much of a good trait can often be a bad trait uh, in the long run like and, I'm too sexy and you know it mm. um, but you know with with Jerry, I, I think once he started getting criticism and he didn't maybe didn't quite expect it because I think there's some fans the way that he but plays it's new to him fans, he hasn't gone through this before there's some Rangers fans that just won't take to a guy who no. plays the way that he plays that kind of wine style aye, for, some, for some clubs that style can absolutely work I don't think it really works for Rangers particularly in that role particularly in the, the kind of mode that we are in just now so it's not surprising and he's a young guy as well you know you remember that and I, I I think in time he'll look back on it and think he missed an opportunity because, you know, it's it's a it's a strange it, it's it's a strange thing to do to kinda of cancel your loan as, as early as that. Um as well, you know, does he does that help his long term Liverpool career? I wouldn't I, th- have, I wouldn't have thought turning back up at Anfield with a bad report from on your attitude from Stephen Gerrard mm. and Michael Beale and Tom Culshaw is gonna do you much good, no. No, that's that, that, that could be a concern for him. That'll be one I'll I'll keep an eye on in terms of where his career goes and you look at that uh, you know, this this point in his career is massive for him. Um your point on loan loan players uh is is an interesting one actually as well. Like I, I never really thought about it from point of view of look at some of the youth players, you know, Andy Dallas yesterday, um no not that one, on the bench and you know, that's a starting yeah, point. Yeah, he was a fourth official too. He did double mm. duty yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Fourth official and on the bench for Rangers. You have no idea how high this goes. Um, but I'm, I'm impressed with the fact that, you know, we're, we're starting to bleed through guys. And I get the feeling that Stephen Gerrard is the kind of manager who wants to try and bring through some of these guys as well. So maybe maybe we are getting to a point where, yeah, we should do. And rather than, you know, Ovia Jerry played more games for Rangers than he has played any other club combined in his in his career. Those are those the kind of players that we should be bringing on loan? I'm not sure. Ryan Kent makes a bit more sense because he had a full season at Barnsley where he was one of their one of their top performers. Has had experience of playing abroad in Freiburg, um, which maybe didn't go as well. Which also is quite important for for that for someone's development in their career. So to then come to Rangers from there and to be performing the way he is actually there's maybe not as much of a surprise there as well. So. Um, you know, maybe we need to be careful about the kind of loan players that we're bringing in. Guys like Zalalem, guys like Heinemann, are they going to be ones that are significantly going to improve the team? Probably not. Is there someone in the youth academy that might be just as good for that job? Maybe not, but it's a, probably a better risk to take, I would suggest, because the reward is much higher for us in the long run. Yeah. Cammy, your thoughts? I think it's it's difficult for these for these young players to be able to come in. James is right in terms of, you know, you could have a, 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 a mix of experience from one player to the other if you've had the opportunity to play abroad. Um, there's absolutely no doubt to my mind, and listen, you know, if you remember, for anyone who's at the, the Clint Hill live show, he mentioned, you know, straight off the bat, the expectation level at Rangers, the fact that the crowd can can turn on, on you if you're not performing, etc. This is a guy who, you know, has played in massive games in huge leagues and he still found that daunting and he's can twice the age over Ajaria the, the, what I will say is for Ajaria's credit is I never really thought as if he downed tools or anything I never thought he just gave up the ghost um, I think um, it, it can be pretty unsettling um, your point to, to homegrown players David is interesting because I don't know if you say to uh 18-year-old external loanee Rangers expectations because you're here for six months, 12 months, whatever, or whether or not you say that to a 12-year-old academy player and it's ingrained from them at the start. Now, obviously, Liverpool, massive club, you know, I'm, I'm absolutely certain that, you know, they'll have done similar with their youth development systems, etc. as well. But the key difference to this for me is I don't think Ovi Ajari expects to play in the Liverpool first team on a consistent basis. I don't think any of us will expect to see that happen. That sounds like as if I'm kind of pulling the lad down, but I think you know what I mean. No, I don't. I don't see it. I don't. I don't quite. Yeah. I don't think Ovi Ajari has figured out quite what he is yet because he does have a skill set, but I don't quite see where he fits in a team at times. He doesn't do enough to be an attacking midfielder, and he's not quite sturdy enough yet. 
to be a defensive midfielder. So, I, 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 yeah, I think he needs to figure well, but, out. This is my point, but, though, Cammy, about one of these loans, is that I worry that they're maybe better for the player than they are for us. Possibly, but then there's a, there's a little bit of a difference between being in a comfort <laughs> zone and being in a growth zone. And I think a player has got the right, and I will say this, irrespective of the club that they are, either the parent club or their loanee club, that they need to, to be selfish and they need to be able to try and grow with that. Um, if you look at Middleton, for example, Middleton was selfish um, and he probably said, you, and he took risks in terms of saying, actually, I don't want to play in the first team yet. I want to be able to go, continue to develop, continue to enhance my game and take it from there. And and that, I know it sounds crazy, but the thing is, that's a really, really mature thing to do from someone of that age. Now, if you if you take a loan E, for example, and you then say to them, like, this is Rangers, we are one of the biggest clubs in the world. Um, domestically, you know, we have got massive pressure on us. We are very much in a transitional period within the club's history. Um, the fans will not expect, um, you know, the, the, the kind of things that you can perform. But what you will hear is an expectation of, when you have that shirt on, you give absolutely everything. And sometimes that can be really difficult for a low-knee player to come in and actually buy into straight away. I think we've got the coaching set up to ingrain that into players, and this is his first time in that position, bringing in low-knee players and having to set that expectation. So do you know what? It might be a learning period. and it might be I mean, This might be a lesson for, for Gerard to turn around and go, look, if we continue to tap into the, the Liverpool talent pool, then for me... Absolutely, that's a resource that we cannot ignore. But he probably has to turn around then and say to, to whoever he's having these conversations with at Liverpool under Klopp's staff and say, look, I will take X player. But what I'm telling you right now is if that person cannot deal with this pressure, there is no point in them coming to us. But then uh, there is no- the point from Liverpool's point of view is to find that if he can, that's why they're sending him to us. 100%. But, but conversely, we've just put Billy Kirkwood in a position where we're looking after loan players been able to try and go out with this. Now, I did scratch my head at that appointment, but when you consider scenarios such as this, actually that seems to be quite savvy. Now, obviously it's not the first time that's happened. It's the first time it's happened to us, but it obviously goes on at other clubs. But the thing is, though, that with that player's welfare in mind, then you have to try and take it from there. So we're not Gerard. So in that scenario, for example, Gerard says to him, this is what the expectation is. And then the parent club, their loan manager, whatever you want to call that person in that kind of position, amplifies that message. Then what we're doing is we're setting that player up with an expectation that they've got to go and deliver. And do you know what? If you can't do that, fair enough. But it probably does put quite a heavy steer on where your next club may be, the direction of your career, etc. And that comes back to the point you said earlier on, David. I don't know if Ajaria, I don't even know if Ajaria knows what his best position is because we can't answer that question in the moment. He had the opportunity to be able to shine with some of that up here. It hasn't worked. Okay, no harm, no foul. Away he goes. He's got pretty much all of our best wishes. Um, but maybe the lesson for him out the back of that is maybe what he was trying to do here does not suit his game. Maybe he can't deal with the physicality of it. Maybe he has to play in another position or play in another league where that's not as much as a problem. Um, but for us, being selfish, we have to bring in players of, in my opinion, the correct calibre who understand where we are at at the moment. It's all very well and good having Rangers history and legacy, but where we are in the current climate of this overwhelming amount of fan expectation because of how starved we are of success, you you need to be able to deal with that. And if you can't deal with that, then, as I say, maybe you don't have the calibre to come to our club and perform. Mm, wouldn't disagree with that Now we head off to Easter Road this week For what's going to be a very difficult fixture Because regardless of form I think we all know that Hibs will turn up against us And give it everything they have They haven't been playing well But they picked up two decent wins uh, Over the last couple of weeks Including probably their best performance And no problem about it Their best performance this season When they defeated Celtic 2-0 At the weekend there And, and were well worthy from what I saw of it James I mean they, they deserved it Got a goal early Exploited Celtic's weaknesses on the, the flanks and got a good result. One of the things about Hibs is that <clears throat> at least you know, yes, they're going to come out and play us like it's a cup final, but they do it against Celtic too. There's a lot of teams in the SPFL that don't quite do that. Uh, they don't manage to, to give the same against Celtic as they give against us, and Hibs do. So we need to go there and be aware that they're going to be flying at the traps. They're going to be very confident and they're going to come at us. The converse side of it is for us, we've complained recently that we struggle against packed defences. We're going to get room to play. Hmm. Aye, so 
yes, that that does help uh, with with the way that we expect to play. My my fear and what I hope doesn't happen is we we try to be overly clever and think, well, that's how they're going to play, so we're going to do something different. No, 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 the way that we normally... Celtic like, kind of tried that with yeah. this 3-5-2 and, and it did not work at all. Yeah, exactly. So we, we know how we play best and we can get the best performances and the way the Hibs play best, it means that it's going to be an open game. So it, it's a game for me that will come down to the to, to the two defences and... I think our defence now is a lot more settled. As I say, if we played that same back five that what we did on Sunday, uh, I'll be very happy. Uh, I think I think that's the back five you want to have going into that. I'd even say Ross McCrory in there as well would probably be a very very fair shout. Um, so yeah, I think I think it stands us in good stead. We we need to have you know having Morelos back in there is going to be massive. But for that us. that for me would be the only change. Yeah, I'd bring Morelos in for Lafferty, and that would be it for me. Yeah, I mean, I'd probably actually, I'd, I'd probably be the same. I can't think of anyone else I'd maybe want in uh, at this stage, but you know, he he will be massive for us from an attacking point of view, and you know, the link up play that we that we saw bits of, maybe not all the time, but bits of there will will come into play as well. So tough game, you know, Hibs have good players. They are not quite the level that I expected them to be. I thought. I honestly thought they would be the best of the rest um, going into this season. They've they've dipped a wee bit. I think that's partly down to their manager's mentality not quite being in it now. I don't think he's... I think as well, they did lose McGinn and McGeough, who were the best players. Well, that's also fair, but they do have they do have attacking talent. You know, yeah, M- McLaren and Camberry are probably... Camberry's a good striker. Yeah, yeah they're, they, 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 are, they are good... For for this league, you know they are, they are they are higher end strikers for for this league for sure. So I don't rate their defence though as much though. So I think I think we can score. It's, it's just about mm, yes, yeah, indeed. So we've we've got to we've got to um, we've got to score and we've got to be solid at back. You know, basic football. I should be a coach. You yeah, could be with yeah, that I know yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, no, that's that's great insight, James. We need to score and try not to concede any. Um, I, I do I think mm. there's, there's gold in that, in that plan mate you should share it with people uh, Cammy, I think that as James said you know what you're going to get against Hibs especially the first 20 minutes they're going to come out ferociously against you and you have to stand up to that and if possible actually be calm and try to take advantage of the space that will grant you at the back yeah I think um what you want to be able to try and do is, is again, if we had to use the kind of wanky managerial phrases, is you want to try and recycle the ball quite quickly, let Hibs chase you a little bit because they will do the press, they will try to shut you down really quickly. Our players, I would say the first the first third of the game will have no real concerted time in the ball. If you think that you're going to be able to take two, three, four, five touches in order to try and pick out a pass or do anything like that, it's really not going to get it. I think we need to... We need to be very careful for Morelos because I would absolutely expect Lennon to target him and wind him up. Yeah, they are. They're going to do that. Everyone's going to do that now. Yeah, they are. But the thing is, though, that Lennon, that, he was like that as a player. He was like that as a coach at Celtic. He knew how to be able to get into the heads of opposition players. Um, and he utilised his players in the best possible way to be able to try and make that happen. So I would expect him to get one early doors. Um. I think, I mean, I watched part of the game and watched the highlights yesterday. Um, I think for me, I mean, Celtic caused a lot of their own downfall, if I'm perfectly honest, because I think that defensively they were absolutely atrocious. Uh, Rogers got it completely wrong. One other thing which is important with that, however, was that Malin, for me, looks very, very comfortable. Not, not necessarily stepping into the John McGinn role but in terms of that industry in the middle of the park. But with his ability and his range of passing, I think can be very, very dangerous. Um, quite a few opportunities came for Hibs where they had committed men forward. Marlon receives the ball and then he's able to ping over a ball onto to you know a winger who's who's making space. So um, I totally agree with you boys. The only change I would make would be um, Morelos in for Lafferty, but on the premise that our fullbacks don't go a wandering and stick to the stick to the, the kind of core basics. Let them use a lot of their energy. Let them wind it down slightly. I have got zero doubt he will absolutely be motivated to get the old firm scalp. If he can do that in a double header, uh, he'll be absolutely over the moon with that. Um, 
So what we need to be able to do, we need to take our chances. We won't have anyone near the level of ammunition that we had against Hamlin at home. So we need to come into that with a, you know, a proper mindset of as soon as you get an opportunity, you've got to finish it. Mm. Uh, and as I say, I think, I mean, I think we can take the three points. I really do. Um, I don't think Hibs are by any way the finished article. Um, but I, again, like you say, they will be dangerous, and he will absolutely be motivated for it. I'm going to go for Rangers 2-1, James. Um, I'm going to go for Rangers 3-2. Oh, sounds an exciting game. Cameron? Um, to be different, I'll say 3-1 with Hibs to lead up until the 70th minute, Lafferty to come on in and score a hat-trick. I think we all agree that we don't want Hibs to have a red card, though, because we're not very good at that. <laughs> so, you know, but if, if Hibs get a red card, could Rangers immediately just... Take, have one of the players walk over and punch Lennon and take the red card for that. Could, could Lennon be sent off though? Probably Would will be. be. Let's yeah, be probably honest. will be actually at yes, some point. Yes, 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 that, that is going to happen. Um, okay then, folks, that's um, pretty much it for us this week here on Hart and Hand. We will be back on Thursday with Hart and Hand Extra now there's no longer the European games, unfortunately. And we'll discuss everything that happened in the Hibs match before looking ahead to the weekend's match. Before we go, just to let you know that you can always hear more from us if you go to patreon.com forward slash heart and hand, where you will find loads and loads of wonderful content. Not just football these days, actually. We've even got a darts one during the World Championships. But there's tons of entertaining chat there. Uh, Just go to patreon.com forward slash heart and hand, just one ninety nine. Please sign up for that. And also, we will be, thanks to phenomenal demand, genuinely, um, our live show with Kevin Thompson at Ibrox uh, in February sold out in minutes. And a lot of people saying they didn't even get a chance to get tickets. Well, this week you will, because tickets will be going on sale on Wednesday. Uh, if there's any left over after going to the Patreon. And that, hey, no, no apologies. Uh, that's Patreon. Uh, Patreon guys get a, a a pre-sale link that's part of the thing for subscribing but uh, we will be putting tickets up and sale if there's any left over public on Wednesday at 1 o'clock and our social media on our website the, the usual places if you want to come see Kevin Thompson with us on Friday the 15th of March in the beautiful uh, Argyles, uh, Ibrox suite sorry at uh, Ibrox then please come along it'll be a wonderful night and Kevin has uh, promised to two foot Cammy for being cheeky to him so you're fucked mate he's getting it Oh, that was a big talk <laughs> Now, just before we go We've just got time for our Total Hearts and Award And that's when we go around the world of Well, football, but sport, anything really in general To see who's made uh, the biggest dick of themselves And said or done something that's so stupid That it could have issued from the mind and mouth Of the former Wales striker, John Hartson James, mm. the floor is yours now, Normally we like to give this award <coughs> to a person um, however, I'm going to be slightly different mm-hmm. this week. I'm going to give it to a programme. And the programme, specifically, is Sports Scene. Okay. Now, Sports Scene, uh, in, at the moment, it's just a terrible, terrible programme. And I, I, I tend to avoid it. However, I wasn't able to avoid this absolute fuck-up that Sports Scene did when they showed the highlights of our game afterwards. Uh, they have the wee stats in the in the bottom corner um, to kind of say what happened in the game kind of overall. Yeah, like corners, yellow cards, that kind of thing. Exactly, exactly. So whilst um, the interesting Stephen Thompson and the uh, bleep Michael Stewart mm. were were talking their nonsense, it was they had the stats up for the Rangers Hamilton game. Now. When we were at the game, I was fairly convinced it was 1-0 to Rangers. It was, yes. Yeah. Well, apparently it wasn't, because according to sports scene, it was a 0-0 draw. Right, OK. They're now not counting goals for Rangers. Uh, pretty much, Scotland. it seems like that, yeah. <laughs> I, I felt we dominated possession in the game. I don't think Hamilton had. But apparently, we only had 52% mm, of the ball. No, it was in the 60s. Yeah, mm, at least, mm. I think. Um, I think it was around about 63. Yes. Uh, we counted about, genuinely, about 20 corners. 22. Uh, my eyes are deceiving me, because apparently we only had four. Now that, how do you... I mean, surely somebody goes, no, wait a minute, I, I've just watched this game. They had a corner every 20 seconds. There's no way that... That's accurate, but it's just it's, it's BBC Scotland. It's, yeah. it's shoddy. And they the, don't care. The the pièce de résistance with this, right? Bookings. Now I can't, I can't remember how many bookings happened in the game, but with bookings they tell you which players got booked, which is quite interesting. I was like, oh, right, okay. For Hamilton, they had one player booked who was Willock. I didn't know Willock played for no, he Hamilton. Play for Hamilton, no. No, 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 no. 
That's not the best one, though. For Rangers, we had one player booked. Gallagher. No, no. Gallagher with a G. I'm, I'm quite surprised that we would have... No, uh, we wouldn't have a Gallagher with a G. No. no. Um, so... Yeah, mm. they are. It's, it's a shoddy, shambolic programme. And, uh, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Cameron? I think... Um, my one now, probably, because I, I like the sports scene one, because uh, there was quite a few interesting pieces in there. One was um, the the idea that Scott Brown's tackle was only a yellow card, yes. which Michael Stewart, for all of his bleating about referees, actually has the audacity to come out and say that that assault was only a yellow. is just phenomenal. Um, for me, I think the hearts are now, and I think it's going to be this way until, you know, the inept, Inevitable happens, but it's going to be Jose Mourinho. I just, he is losing it big style. He came out after uh, getting pumped by Liverpool to state that Liverpool were better and faster and stronger, which I'm sure is every word that Man United fans want to be able to hear. Um, Jose's, I know you guys obviously do the, the, the Seagull show on the Patreon site, but Jose, Jose's done, he's finished, he's absolutely you know, served his time yeah, at Man United he, he, and he does, how, he's, how he's, he survived I've got no idea now. Because it'll cost sixty million to get rid of him and his team. <laughs> um he's due thirty five million in his back pocket. And you're right, and now his interviews are just basically pay me off. <laughs> you know, can I have my money back? <laughs> it's, it's, it's the simple fact as well that he doesn't I mean don't get wrong, I understand the argument that most people have when you talk about getting rid of me, you know, is well who do you place him with? I understand that at the moment. Um, but but Mourinho now just all he wants to talk about is his past glories. He just wants. Now, no to fucking talk about, wonder. Would you be talking you know, about what was what currently he's... going on? But the thing is that you can't you can't even motivate guys now like Pogba and all the rest of it. So he, he needs to take time out of football in order to be able to do that. Yeah, he has got absolute world class talent as a manager. He just cannot inspire that team to do anything further anymore. No. Um, he's going to stay as hearts and as far as I'm concerned until the inevitable happens and Matt. Man United need to need to get rid of him in some capacity. Yeah, the favourite thing yeah. that for me that Mourinho does is whenever he's interviewed after like a two one loss, you say, "Well, actually, we scored two goals, but one of them was our own goal." Mm. Um, so you know, anyway, we won. Yeah, yeah. I, he doesn't. I mean, you can see now that he's actually gone through the pain, and now he's 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 in acceptance as a <laughs> grief counsellor's caller, mm. and he's just waiting on his money. So we'll need to see how that resolves itself. I'll give it to Sports Scene because they deserve it. So well done, Sports Scene. You're probably quite proud of this Sports Scene, but uh, yes. You win this week's Hearts and award. The only award they're going to fucking win. No, it's <laughs> true, soon. but you know, Hearts and XL, it will be over the moon. Ah. Okay, folks, thank you very much for joining us. Just time to thank my executive producers in London, Mr. Mike Lee and Paul Miles. To thank my guests today, the wonderful Mr. James Forrest. Thank you, David. The splendid Mr. Cameron and James Bell. Thank you, David. And we will be back on Thursday with Heart and Hand Extra. Until then, enjoy Easter Road, and we'll be back soon. Cheers, bye. Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.